you ever stumble across an article and you think to yourself, oh my God, this is the article I've been looking for forever. I stumbled across a piece this week about the six questions you should ask your kid. Really? Yeah, you're going to love these. I I like the surprises. That's how I'm starting every podcast now. Last week you were like, you changed the notes. Yep. I'm flipping it up. There's no predictability on this but podcast, just like parenting. I hate Tina that. hates surprises of all sorts. But I what did. she hates more? Rats. <gasps> Don't bring up the rat again. Uh, you may have heard this on other Irish Man Abroad podcasts, but a rat was discovered in our studio here. It makes, by us, Tina. it makes us sound so grubby, but we live in the middle of nowhere. We are country bumpkins. And apparently, no one around here is that shocked or appalled at a rat being anywhere but I was sitting on the couch really quiet it was really quiet in the office because Charlotte was away in England and I was just typing up notes replying to emails and then I felt a presence it felt like a ghost I felt like someone was watching me and I looked down (laughs) and under the telly there was a rat and I I creased myself trying to get out of the office I fell into a chair I was screaming so loud I thought I'd lost my voice I, I ran into the wall. I couldn't open the door. I'm screaming so, oh, so, so loudly. Well, first I'm of all, shaking and I'm just hysterical, you know. I remember somebody asking somebody why they were afraid of flying. And they yeah. were like, you're in a tube in the sky. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But the rat one, I'm like, what is? what are you afraid he's going to do? He's going to jump up and grab onto my neck and swing out of my neck with his fangs and give me rabies <laughs> or the plague. Yeah. And but have you like seen Jared, this happen? Oh, it was so gross. But anyway, I had to call in my dad because Charlotte wasn't around. You were away. And... Um, he eventually came and had a look around and uh, then uh, put the cat in, the farm cat into the office who did fuck all, nothing. Then, hilariously, they, uh, Jarla heard talk that they let down poison in the office, but actually it was the cat's litter and Jarla said there's an awful big bowl of poison in there. And it was like a big basin of cat litter. I was litter. like, how much rat poison do they need for this thing? Because you told me <laughs> it was the size of a cat. you grew up in the country. Yeah, we had cats and that I'm that. a townie. I, I don't see rats. And um, anyway, unfortunately, the rat did come to a terrible end. But the size of that thing, hmm. it was huge. And now I cannot relax. Now, Whoa. while we're recording the podcast, I'm the whole time looking under the table, checking the shelf, because I'm convinced the rat's going to be here. And just because I grew up being called Roland Rat every single day, because my name is Tina Roland, does not mean... I like them. <laughs> Tina, this couldn't come at a better time because we have a question this week about phobias. What do you do when your kid's afraid of something that makes no sense? Like, it doesn't make any I don't sense think to be afraid rat- of rats. It doesn't. What? I'm sorry. It makes perfect sense. They're gross. That's what they you're afraid of. They will eat you. They will not eat you. They will. Again. They would. The rat's more afraid of you. No, he's not. You are he was not it. afraid. He was like, get out of my office. I've got a podcast <laughs> to do here later. He a was not. Cast. I can't relax. I'm literally, if we had cameras on us right now, all I'm yeah. doing the whole time She's is flinching. Looking under the table. But it is a it is a problem that your kid can develop some weird phobia around something silly. Such I don't like as stickers. Um I don't like when people call phobias weird. Everyone's allowed to have one and people should just be nice. Well they're to irrational about it. fears. That's I don't the think so. I think, you know, everyone has their thing and just be kind. I mm, think. But they don't make sense. They and, make sense to the person the who has the phobia. Anxiety doesn't have to make complete sense. Mm. It's your feelings aren't wrong, 
But when your kid has a phobia that is actually preventing you on behaving as a family normally, taking part in things, mm. having to exclude yourself from the world, yeah. then it starts to become very annoying and yeah. very dumb. Well, like, you're, you're being really harsh and looking at me a lot here because you know that I was the king of phobias. I had so many phobias as a kid. I was ter- I was not afraid of things. On, I was them. always terrified list of things. Um, dogs are completely rational. I mean, Totally my, rational, I think. Dogs way more than anything yeah, else. Yeah, but people used to have to, like, I had to get carried into people's houses who had a mm-hmm. dog. I was convinced the dog was Go going to attack me at all times. But, and again, you'd reason for this. We'll get to that later. <laughs> I can't bring up the other thing because you know it makes me feel sick. What's the other thing? Vampires. Oh my God, I am afraid of vampires too. <laughs> That's an irrational fear of something that doesn't exist. I'm afraid of everything. She that assumes <laughs> that other people are vampires. That's no, the phobia. That's not. She thinks that if I look at her sideways no. during a vampire scene, she has to cover her neck. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Charlie. What was the other one you were going to uh, say? I am afraid of anything that has the potential to bite. Anything? Yeah, I don't like biting. Hmm. And I don't like teeth. Teeth, right. Fear of teeth. I Denti. do. Oh my God, my dentist hates me. Yeah. And I was... Timmy grabs them by the hands, both, like 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 you would somebody who, who's, you know, in a fit of rage, you grab them by the, the, the wrists. And Tina he does said, that with her dentist all the time. He, when he's tightening my brace, he <laughs> hates me. I don't need to see you every two months anymore. Come back in a year. <laughs> Well, uh, we've got a ton of great questions to get yeah, through. Uh, the best way to contact us is honey, you're ruining our kid at gmail.com. Tina's the one with the expertise. If this is your first episode, Tina's 20 years of experience working with kids with severe behavioral issues at all levels, Montessori mm. level upwards. So there's nothing she hasn't seen and hasn't fixed, say fixed. You're trying to just move through it, right? You're trying yeah, to help well, people through the behavior. Exactly. You're trying to find help. out the other it's side. It's about coping. It's about coping mechanisms and helping your child to interact with the world in a happier way. Yeah. You know, knowing how to prepare the environment for them and help them understand their surroundings. So we've got the phobias question coming up. Then what? what's after that, Dina? we got a... Uh, the oh, oh my god I my see marathon training gets a mention here in the notes <laughs> that I'm driving Tina crazy I'm training for the London City yeah. Marathon at the moment and the training is really ramping up <laughs> she caught me the sin of all sins a parent being found on a bed taking a rest while the other yeah. parent is busting honestly, their butt honestly I wasn't uh, I wasn't uh, against marathon training until this year and I just feel like we're away so much and then when you're here, you're away then running. I'm just like, oh, it's getting, it's wearing thin on me. But I get it. You want to run for a long time. And I'm fun. raising money for Kidney Care UK. Yes, if you If you'd are. like to support me, we'll put the link in the bio. We the also, third question. We, yeah. yeah, we also are talking about um, children when they're mourning a loss and also body, body dysmorphia. dysmorphia. Yeah. Right. A lot well, of tough, tough a lot questions. A tough topics. Yeah. And of course, I want to get to those six questions you need to ask your kid. Okay. You're going to love this. So all of these questions from the article are mm-hmm. from uh, parenting experts and psychologists. Don't read over my shoulder. Tina's a t- 
if I have a phobia, it's you reading over my shoulder when I'm doing a thing. I've written a thing. Dean will come over, read over my shoulder and point at errors that are in it <laughs> while I'm reading it. Sorry. That's a phobia. Right. <laughs> that's not a phobia. That's just... So one of the questions they recommend you ask your kid is, if you were a parent, what rules would you set for screens? That's a great Isn't idea. Isn't it brilliant? Because yeah. th- then it's like you get that we don't like being the cops. Also, it offers them a chance to reflect on why you're putting rules in place and how would they do it. And then po- chances are they'll probably come up with a better idea. Yeah, than your one. Stella O'Malley, she's the author of What Your Teen Is Trying To Tell You. She says, turn the tables and let mm. them think about an issue, about the issue from another angle. What I usually find is that the child is naturally far more sensible than the parent expects they're going to be. Yeah. Often your child has actually taken much more from what you've been telling them than you might have realised. Parents tend to underestimate the influence they have on their kids. That's brilliant. Isn't that that. great? That's brilliant. (laughs) A real positive start to the show. Yeah, I love that. Now let's get dug into question number one. Tina and Jared, this is my favourite podcast. Great to hear. Thank you guys for making it. I bloody love it. And so do all my friends. I thought you were going to say, so do all my kids. It's not really meant for kids. but <laughs> no. It's meant for you to be your guilty little pleasure mm. after drop, drop off. I have a bizarre question. Not really sure if you guys can help. My child is afraid of stickers. Mm. Hmm. We might have more knowledge of this than you realize. Yeah. I don't know what to do. As it turns out, stickers are bloody everywhere. He feels physically sick Mm -hmm. when he sees them and acts really irrationally until they are out of sight. How can I help him cope? Is this a flag for something else? Please say you can help me. Thank you so much for this podcast. I honestly don't know what, how I parented without it. Anonymous. Now... You oh, have God. no idea when this email oh, came in God. how much Tina must have been like, mm. I, I thought got, I was alone in the world. I haven't got back to this mom yet. Well, Tina, because I can't. <laughs> Tina can't even talk about this. This is going to be a tricky one because um, she has the very same phobia. Yeah, not just except stickers. Except it extends mm, to labels. labels, as in like clothing oh, labels. Oh, God, Charlotte, this is too much. But Tina, yes. these are pieces of cloth like yeah. the clothes yeah i hate but, them but if we were to just for a minute mm-hmm. i'm sure this mom has tried to explain that that is just adhesive paper it doesn't matter because that's not what it is it is oh my god that's so it's rude. adhesive paper is what okay. it is but it's, that's not what the fear it's is the texture it's the stickiness it's knowing that someone else has stuck that to it and why is that gross because it's like there's already been hands on this and there's been stickiness and it's just so gross and then they break or they break off and they stick to other things and then sometimes you'll wear a jumper and you'll be like oh my god there's a sticker on my elbow and my one of my favorite people in the world lucy the other day posted a picture on instagram of her kids Covered in them. And I actually vomited. Mm. I was like, that is disgusting. And you've not got help over this. I've gotten so much better. By the sounds of things. (laughs) I've gotten so much better. When I was a kid, I would vomit all the time. If I went into a shop and there was price tags on things, I would actually... 
the repulsion yeah, would come up in my mouth. Yeah. yeah, I've gotten a lot better. I mean, I. So it is yeah. irrational, though. Will you agree oh, on that? Because look, I know I'm not know, proud the, of it. I don't the, tell people because when you tell people, people are horrible and they sure. they do shitty but things. I, I put stickers so, on you. But yourself. it's so funny the dividing lines that you have. Like mm-hmm. right now, you're in a room with a lot of things that are adhesive. I can't. I have. And to you've do no it. problem with that. What do you mean adhesive? Well, they're bound to the things they're on yeah, by glue. You know what? But I'm just saying that, like, for to just for a moment pull back and be like... Yeah, but you're about to make my phobia worse. You're about to explain to me that I haven't Everything's got broad enough. a sticker, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, like, I'm really interested to know how you're going to advise this parent because well, you yourself haven't gotten through this. The only thing is that I really... Uh, look, I thought I was the only one in the world with this. And then a few years ago, a little guy came into my class who had the same thing. And I mean, reacted the exact same way I would have reacted to. Like, I'm a teacher who's never had stars or stickers in the classroom because I'm like, uh, disgusting. Why would we do that? And when kids come in with them on their lunchboxes, I do a practical life lesson on how to wash them off, get rid of those things. I cannot cope. But with him, I really felt like I had to help him know that Everyone has something strange that they don't like and it's okay, but we have to learn how to cope with it. Now, I have learned a little bit how to cope with it in that I avoid everything. I'm <laughs> joking. <laughs> I never uh, leave the house. I'm not sure how to help this mom because it's so tough. And if it's the same level as me, like when we go into a shop that has price tags on the food, I can't buy anything in that shop, no matter how hungry I am, because if I tried to eat a bar of chocolate that had a price tag on it, all I would taste in my mouth is a feel, a sensation of price tags. Mm. And I would have that feeling inside me for a long time and I can't get rid of it. It's just disgusting. I've gotten way better with labels. There was a time when if I saw a label or I felt a label against me, I would feel like the labels were coming out of my mouth. So What's your first memory everyone's going to think I'm crazy. What's your first memory of it? Uh, I don't know. My mother said I was always like this. And at its center, it is hygiene. There's something, yeah, there's something I don't like about the fact that someone has mm. put this here. Mm. And, it's and there's also been other touching the, of it. Um, as you said, it's a sensory. Yeah, I don't like the feeling. I don't like the feeling. I don't like imagining how it might feel. And I don't like the feeling of it against me. It's the texture. Mm. And I'm I'm not so bad with labels now. I mean, I'm able to talk about it. This is something I would not have been able to do. But do you remember when it done stories with St. Bernard's? I couldn't cope with those labels. I thought you called, didn't call it Bernard. Oh, that would have worked. Full American. St. Bernard's? <laughs> Nobody remembers that. Everyone remembers St. Bernard. Oh, was it St. Bernard? <laughs> oh, my God. Was it St. Bernard? It sounds so much fancier. <laughs> St. Bernard's. <laughs> Some sort. I couldn't. Oh, even now. Isn't that terrible? Even now I feel. Go on. The well, retching. Well, what about it? Those labels that used to be on their clothes. I couldn't cope with those at all. Right, the Tina, worst. we're not making a whole lot of progress here. I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're just. Uh, <laughs> that was awful. This mom is just going, I got it. I don't know what to say. I guess I wished as I got older, that someone had said to me, it's okay. 
Like instead, I was made feel awful about this and it made it really worse because so? I was so ashamed. How were you made because feel awful? Because everyone was like, what the hell is wrong with you? It's just Who's a sticker. Everyone? Teachers, my parents, you know, they're like, what the hell is wrong with you? It's just a sticker. I mean, it's so tough. And then I remember there was this boy in my class who heard about it and then he took the label off his jumper and stuck it to his forehead and sometimes I still dream about that. <laughs> it was so horrible. <laughs> so, so, I would say, is your first port of call someone like a therapist, a child therapist? No, I don't think you need that. All I think that this child needs is for you to say, everyone has their thing. This is okay. You don't like stickers or labels. That's Okay. But unfortunately, they're everywhere. So you're going to have to learn to cope with them. And you're going to have to learn to ha- be able to touch them. And then scrub that off your body. <laughs> um, it, so it's called Pitta Kianophobia. There's actually a name for Pitta it. Pitta Kianophobia. Pitta Kianophobia. Extremely rare phobia. And one that one can get in the way of everyday life. For yeah. example... Think of all the price labels in some supermarkets oh or stores. Address labels for those uh, that can't be avoided. I mean, mm-hmm. this is ex- they're saying that this thing, like, Tina, you're very special. I'm very special. So is this kid. This, That's this a nice is. thing to tell your kid, too. It's very rare, but it does exist. And I mean, like, it, it, what's fun that I found as I got older is the idea that there's someone out there who loves stickers and labels. There's the complete opposite of you. I mean, there's people who actually buy label makers. Really? Like, what is wrong with that? I mean, what, what crazy <laughs> people want to know their stuff. It's especially like I think working in early years has helped me a lot because kids are fucking obsessed with stickers. And you have no choice. There's articles in the, in the Daily Mail from a 19-year-old girl who said that she couldn't wrap presents because of this phobia. Yeah, like I find all that stuff a bit hard to... Cured by hypnotherapy. Really? That's how she got it, rid of it. Would you be inclined to hypnotize your kid if no. the phobia was so bad that it meant that the family were having difficulty leaving the house? Um... Well, I mean, that is extreme. I mean, well, then, I I mean, you have to do whatever it takes. I mean, like, I definitely needed more help when I was a kid about this, I think. It was traumatic for me to go to do the shop. Okay, so here's what they say. Perhaps the main reason for this particular phobia is that this particular phobia is so little acknowledged is because people suffering from the fear of stickers... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, have a sense of abnormality or shame and wrongly believe that they're the only one with this particular yeah, issue, just I like mean. you did, right? But that's what I mean about this mom, right. telling because her kid this, it's okay. Right, so because of this, those who have it are afraid, are afraid of stickers or sticky labels. They feel foolish hmm. and become reluctant to talk about it to others. Yeah, well, I, I've never. Remain largely. Uh, and also, you know why you don't tell other people? Because they will be her horrible and put stickers on you. That's what hmm. happens. They think it's hilarious to get a gold star and put it on your forehead. And you're like, that's not funny. You've just ruined right. my life for 10 years. The real problem, it says here, is that most of those suffering from the fear of stickers simply do not know that an effective treatment is available. Really? Wouldn't this be amazing if we somehow, as a project on this podcast, yeah, 
cured uh, you. I don't think it's okay to surprise me with like a treatment plan for me. Oh, Tina, <laughs> I, I am not dumb enough to know after 24 years, mm. and it was our anniversary on Saturday, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, 24 years knowing you. Yeah. That you will do as you please. <laughs> I'm not going to cheeky, convince cheeky. you of anything. Yeah. Right. So let's look at what the causes are first. Where does it come from? Ugh. Actual causes of it are really down to the individual. So okay. whatever this is with your kid, don't don't worry about that. It's just it's just particular personality, yeah. right? A great personality, some would say. <laughs> um, they, some people think that it's because there's a fear that there's a danger associated with the sticker that the sticker was a, uh, was put on there. Uh, but the people are actually afraid of the sticker. So that's not you. You no, don't fall I'm, into that I'm category. Repulsed. Um, so this would have happened early on. This kid had some experience with the sticker being scary to them. Uh, so that probably is a bit easier to handle, right? Such mm. an experience may have happened directly as a result of a traumatic experience involving a sticker, maybe having one Jerry, stuck over their what? mouth. I don't mean to be unhelpful but okay let's get to the treatment use a different word let's get to the treatment the good news is that there's a real and effective relief to this now yeah this again i don't well barcodes are great i love barcodes and going well stop talking about this one particular phobia this is application for all the phobias that your kid might have Mm. with advanced transformational hypnotherapy so they are recommending hypnotherapy for this it's possible to reach back and uncover the origin of the phobia and once this is accomplished, we can simply neutralize the incorrect belief that has been installed in the subconscious that stickers or sticky labels mean danger and it needs uh, triggering the anxiety. Now, I don't know, Tina, it, like that does sound like your other phobia is the dogs, right? Let's mm. go talk about that. It's much easier to talk about. Yeah, I feel bad that so I'm taking over So your dog experience you know, was, was a traumatic experience. I was attacked by a dog, yeah. So you're attacked by a dog and you're put in a pen with a dog at one point. Yeah. And then another time a dog jumps on your back. Yeah. Right? So what the hypnotherapist does is goes back well, and brings you there. To be kind to me, I have really come a long way with my fear of dogs. Okay. Well done. <laughs> now, <laughs> you have. Yeah. But... If you want to get it rooted out mm-hmm. completely, yeah, then I, I, I would be inclined to agree here that you're going to need to go down some sort of path to helping them get right deep into what actually is it. Yeah, now okay. You need a profession for that. I Fair don't enough, you it. say that. But honestly, my my instinct on this was if someone had just told me when I was little, it's okay. This is okay. Mm. So what? You find these repulsive. There's somebody out there who has something else. Hmm. It's not that not big a deal. You're a fucking idiot. Yeah, it's like why are you getting something ridiculous? Yeah, and like it was something I was ashamed of. I absolutely never told anyone. Hmm. I mean, Jarlett's been with me for a long time, so he's witnessed the absolute. Oh my god, I cannot hmm. go and into I, that And I've shop. been dumb enough to try and make a joke of it too. Yeah, and a couple of times. Also, I worked in a news agent for a very long time, where I had to handle a sticker gun. There are so many ways you can cope with things. Mm. It is just moving through and coping. But I, if someone put a sticker on something I owned, that would repulse me even still. Okay, hon. But we are trying to help people, right? You're still talking about it. I don't like them. (laughs) 
Yeah. I'm not sure how helpful this is. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I have not gotten back to this mother because I was like, I can't talk yeah. about this. Well, I think that it, the help that's been provided here today in this <laughs> chunk of the show is that having listened to you, they definitely know they're not alone. <laughs> no. And also, and they know t- no shame. Let's talk about yeah, it. Let's talk about it. The fact that, that you're having have... a dialogue about it is great. Yeah, like a lot. I think telling them, you know, there is a cure. Or it's just that, like you can like, be cured. That's of this. fine. Because yeah, sure, it's okay, fine, hon. But like you do, you are not helping your kid. Going, it's grand to be afraid of I'm, ceiling fans. I'm sorry, you are actually because no, you know what happens no. when you don't. No, 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 no. You, you no, are. I you totally disagree, dude. Can you listen? You are because what happens when you say, "Oh my God, that's crazy, that's gross." What are you doing? Is that I'm not kid that either. stays quiet, keeps it all mm. in, yeah. and the whole mm. thing gets bigger yeah, and but bigger? I haven't suggested Where, that. Yeah. I've suggested that it, if you are in significant enough difficulty to email a show run mm. by a comedian <laughs> and a woman with 20 years experience, all credit to you. Yeah. The phobia that you might be dealing with is encumbering your family mm. life and yeah. you're worried for your kid. I think you're right. Do not other them. Do not put shame upon them. They're probably already feeling isolated by it. Actually telling them what you said is it's normal. Mm. But if you want to get rid of it, we yeah. can. Yeah, I get that. And like, Jared, people take for granted, like stickers are everywhere. When she says that, she's not joking. Like uh, when you're a child, you're rolling your eyes at me. That's but so unfair. I'm not rolling my eyes, but hon, you're still buried in how serious this is. <laughs> OK. OK, we need to pull the lens out and go that like it's not just stickers. There's kids that are afraid of balloons. There's yes. kids that are afraid of flowers. Yes. There's kids that are actually afraid of, well, we know this, bees. They yeah. see a bee, they'll run into traffic. Yes, I know You know, that. for yeah. some parents, these phobias are legitimately terrifying for them because they're worried the kid will harm themselves yes. when presented with the eye. Well, now, now that you have said other things it's so funny because okay. of course I know how Just, to cope with stickers that. are crazy they <laughs> everywhere just stop using that word please if a child is presenting with phobia of bees and flowers and like you just said I'm sorry my advice would be the exact same talk about it tell them about phobias explain to them why, you know, uh, there are so many people who have fears of different things, but unfortunately, we have to find a way to cope with it. This will take time. We're going to practice this together. That is the only advice I have for a little kid who's going through that stuff. And I'm so sorry to this mom that when we were talking about the other thing, I let my <laughs> neurosis overflow. Understood. But I am trying very hard when it comes to that stuff. I cannot. It, it is something I've learned to live with, but I, I always worry about people hearing about it and then ruining my life. <laughs> okay, next one of these questions that you need to ask your kid. They say here that like they're just tired of being asked the same stuff. So if yeah. you feel like your kid isn't talking to you about stuff a lot of people do like I used to say they they make amazing secret agents oh because they're God. so tight-lipped yeah. um, it's trying to change the questions so that it sparks the interest um, like one of them was what's the best way for someone to lose their virginity now, this is obviously a question for a teen but like 
I do not know. I guess that's a. That's a I'm not question. there yet. <laughs> um, that's a strange question. When I was your age, I was more lonely than anyone I knew. Oh. Is there anything going on in your life that no one knows about? Now, I did this question the other day where I said, I'm going to tell you one thing that nobody knows that I'm concerned about right now. Mm. And then will you tell me one yeah. of yours? I'll obviously never reveal what was said, but I was obviously concerned about Tina's fear of stickers. Oh, God, <laughs> Charlotte, sorry. just relax. I just washed the feeling of it out of my mouth. How could you do that to me? I told you, this is why I don't talk about it. Okay, sorry. But <laughs> oh, it worked. God. It worked. And according to the piece again, O'Malley is a big one on opening yourself up yeah. a bit. And I've obviously, <laughs> I know there's a years gone by that but if you're going to get somebody to talk... You have to be willing to share some of you. Yeah, this is what I was saying to you last night, that you're, it's the relating to them in a very open way. Right. Helps them to be open back, yeah. Yeah. Um, so she says another tip is to use the acronym WAIT. Why am I talking? So that's the like acronym. I feel like genius. I, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Cut that out. <laughs> so she says don't rush to fill the silences. Yeah. Which that's a hard one that is hard I'm being so careful not to rush to fill the silence here (laughs) (laughs) just don't bombard your child with your inverted commas wisdom well yeah no way to stop talking give them the space and leave yourself out except when it's helpful that like that's kind of unlocking piece of wisdom as a parent that we could all learn from I feel like I need to tattoo that on the inside of my arm so, so the I'm acronym is wait wait why am I talking Ooh. and how Very many good. times do you find yourself in a spiral of and you know when I was your age and well, and you actually, just feel like I can't stop talking and then they're just gone the moment's quiet. passed or yeah. they're like whatever I'm not going to tell you but what wait is brilliant for is that if you are in a marriage and there's two parents that's a good code for the other parent to use and Mm. that other parent to know oh I'm talking too much again yeah and it could actually help in your own romantic relationship (laughs) as well (laughs) let's get to question number two I'm too traumatized to do (laughs) fucker oh uh, let's let's do this Uh, okay hi Tina and Jar this is a tough one so trigger warning here we are going to be talking about Uh, body dysmorphia and weight issues here okay Uh, my 14 year old son thinks he's overweight I don't know what to do he's skin and bone okay he has started restricting his food intake I also caught him emptying his dinner from his jean pockets into the toilet holy shit I knew he was being weight conscious but I uh, but I think we have a serious problem here. Mm. What do I do? Really hoping you guys can help me. Sorry for such a serious question, but I'm actually worried sick about well, this. Well, you would be worried sick. And I've been reading and popping up in my new fe- in my Insta feed, actually, a lot. 
is that there is an actual significant problem with young men between the ages of 12 and 15 and body dysmorphia. Is that how you say that? Mm-hmm. Sorry, for a re- it just sounded really strange for a second. And um, that they're trying to actually get parents to be aware. It's not just your daughters, of course, that this is a real, there's actual real pressure on young boys now to look like little athletes from a very, very young age. You're expected to have these toned, broad shoulders and the... Mm. I heard discussion, discussion around this around encouraging like GA clubs and clubs to just make the gear less tight fitting. Yes, yes. That was one of the ones we watched actually about the jerseys and how inappropriate these jerseys are because the rugby jerseys and the football jerseys are all really tight. It's the opposite back in my day. Yeah. The 90s uh, football jerseys were like tense. But apparently this, the impact of these tight jerseys has been that boys are terrified of having any lumps or bumps while wearing them because they get ridiculed by the other boys on the team you know or they Mm. get grabbed and pinches and all this stuff and um it is so terrifying and also so strange that we always associate eating disorders with the female when of course it's going to affect the male just Mm. the same way well, what do we do about this particular story here? I mean, yeah, well, that is she's got a boy who's very, very slim mm. as it is, but she's discovered him behaving very strangely yeah. around food. Well, first of all, I think you have to try and help your child become educated about why we have to fuel mm. our body what the food is for, where the food goes, remind them of the different, you know, processes within the body where the food is needed for and how then the waste does come out, you know, this everything that's not needed. Also fueling in terms of energy. And if they are active and doing sports, they're not going to be able to maintain this mm. level of... Um, Can I throw a curveball in here? Yes sometimes it's possible that the food that's being served in the house isn't that healthy. Yeah, so you have to rethink... to a degree, they have a point. That if you're... Like, these kids are so conscious of nutrition already. Well, they're so educated in terms Mm. of... Yes, true. It starts in early years. What did we eat when I was a kid? We We had a great diet. I'll credit to my mother. She mixed it up a lot. But like Finn's crispy pancakes. Oh, I loved them. Where so, have they gone? I don't know. But and I what want, the I, fuck were they? I don't know, but I kind of want orange shit around them? I don't know. This no, is no. like when Rob Heffernan said, easy oh, singles bite. And now we've been e- eating easy singles. These Remember those slabs of floppy Honestly, cheese time, in a plastic They're thing? addictive because every time I put them they're on a waffle, so I'm like, good. Rob Heffernan. They're so good, though. Like... I find that sometimes when I hear kids or I witness kids choosing healthier options, mm. I'm like, whoa, like you're going to have to look at your, your house diet too. Yeah, no. So you want to make foods where it's like you get that the more of this you eat, 
the better. Yes, and I do agree that there is an element, there is a responsibility on parents now, people our age, to re-educate themselves when it comes to the plate. Like we were brought up thinking you have to have potatoes or a carbohydrate on yeah, the plate. Or if you didn't finish it, you're ungrateful. Yeah, and we definitely have to take like take the stress. I always say there's try and have no pressure at the table try like that's why tina's tapas are so great because that is just so pressure free that is just a child being allowed to fill their plate as much or as little as they want and you they're going to eat something and you know they're okay i don't believe in ever having rules on the cupboards or the fridge if your kid's hungry let them eat what is the harm this is serious though because there's a problem here now and she's going to have to break this pattern And the only way she can do that is talking to her child about it without getting upset. So first of all, get to a place where you're not going to get angry or sad with that kid while you talk about this. Educating them on what the food is for and saying, look, if you were throwing that food in the toilet because you were too full and you couldn't eat anymore, that's okay. You don't have to finish your plate. Just tell me or just leave it there. I'm not going to make you do it. If you don't like it, you don't have to eat it. Okay, because isn't this all about honesty, though? Yeah. Like, isn't this? Isn't it, don't we need a family meeting here? Yeah. Around honesty, because it's incredibly dishonest to but hide you your have, food in your pocket. But you have to be so careful, Jar, when it comes to eating, because if you had a family meeting about this, that's so big. You have to keep it kind of low key. small, low key. Say things like, "I get that you didn't like that. Let's just let's just not make that anymore. And if you're too full, just leave the stuff on the plate rather than throw it away." Also, my main thing involve them in the cooking get them mm. to learn how to make a few dishes get them to be prouder of the process prouder it's of great, the, yeah. the product and just get them involved in the whole thing let them see the respect you, were a bad you should eater. have for a dish the I was story terrible. that gets told in tina's house <clears throat> all the time is about her getting up from the table Jerry, as a kid i'm really gonna be painted so badly in this episode <laughs> <laughs> Let me finish the story. Okay. Uh, the story, I mean, you know the way every house has their stories that get told again and again yeah. and again. Well, this well, is my th- only story. This is one that gets told again and again. Mm. Tina got up from the table at what age? Three. Three? Yeah, I was three years old. Oh my God. <laughs> That's what makes this story so bad. She went to the bin yeah. with her plate while everyone was eating their dinner. Yeah. And... I guess autopiloted. Yeah, because every tipped the whole thing in the bin. I was such a slow eater. Now remember the age I was three, barely. Geraldine wasn't around yet. My sister, so barely three. <gasps> Geraldine's gone to sleep while I tell this story. Yeah, very I've nice. Heard it so many times. <laughs> well, if you've heard it so many times, you didn't remember it, did you? Um, every day they left me on my own. I went into the sitting room. <laughs> left you the yeah. Table. A three-year-old at three the time. Three-year-old. Because I was so... You were basically so, still in the high chair. So long eating my dinner, they'd give up and go in and watch deli. So every night I'd wait a little while and then I'd empty my plate into the bin and put it in the sink. <laughs> and I was doing it so often that one night I got up from the table and did it forgetting that everyone was still in the room. <laughs> what were they thinking? But leaving a three-year-old. So every time they tell that story, I'm like, but you guys were leaving me on my own every night. You were getting so bored of how long I was taking. You'd leave me by myself. Why were you taking so long? I didn't like the food. Right. And that, to me, is at the center of this. Your Mm. advice to get the kid involved in the cooking is brilliant. Not Mm. only does it make it a state, I'm a stakeholder. Like last week when we were talking about kids not willing to work in the home Mm. and do chores. 
if they're more part of it and they see the process involved, they're much more likely to appreciate it when it is dished up. Yes. But also just appreciate what's going in. Yeah, we do want our kids to respect food because you're incredibly privileged if you have a full plate on your table in the evening. Mm. You're privileged. Now, look, this mom has a worry here. If none of this works, I do think you should call your doctor too. Mm. I think go on to Jigsaw, have a look at what resources they have online in terms of helping you cope with this. But there is a chance that you will need to be referred to a specialised dietitian. Because if this is what you're seeing in the home, what else is happening? You need to get on top of this early because, you know, you don't... Food disorders can go very, very bad, very fast. Very fast, yeah. And you don't don't want that to happen. So I would always recommend go, go to your doctor as well. Right, so next question here out of this piece. The okay. questions you should be asking your kids. And I guess these are more for teenagers. Yeah, but they're really helpful tools and reminders. Sometimes you just need to be reminded of the vocab, isn't it? Mm. Um, this one, I think this one relates to concern. If your kid is, if you're worried your kid's anxious. So two of them, right? Okay. How do you feel about what's happening to our planet? Is a, is a broad question that might, you might think, oh, but, you know, I think it does give you an insight into how switched on they are. Yeah, and how much they care. So they say teenagers are thinking lots about climate change and we might not even be aware of it. You're being mm. told the world is ending mm. <laughs> and there's wars happening all Everywhere. over the gap. And the pandemic and germs and everything. Um, so this writer says that many of them are terrified about what's happening and they're not saying it to you. Like that's. That's a that that is a question that I was like, whoa, whoa, yeah, because well, we've grown up with the um, ongoing ice caps, polar bears, sea levels, polar ozone bears. layer, polar polar bears going extinct. Oh no! <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so it can be quite helpful to just talk through, you know how. You don't need to be afraid. She says, we need to take action. This is a very serious situation, but you don't want your child to be fearful the whole time that we're on the verge of extinction, which if you were to listen to Mm. or be in the wrong algorithm, you'd be led to believe that, you know, you're better off not moving from wherever you are and everything you do is is making it worse. Good in the car. Yeah using uh, electricity i think this is one of those questions where i was totally caught off guard by it if you haven't talked to your kid about the question is what do you feel about what's happening to our planet yeah that's really interesting because you do hear teenagers saying what's the point a lot and like Mm. if you have an impending sense of doom all the time you would feel what's the point you know so you were a middle child Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. how do you think that affected you? Uh, I think it made me amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, I don't know. I never really reflected on that. <laughs> I think I was forgotten about. <laughs> I'm joking. It could definitely has an impact. Um, I liked being, I think I'm quite independent. And I think that was because I was a middle child. Hmm. Whereas I was the, the teeny baby. weeny baby. Uh, the afterthought, as I've been told <laughs> many times, um, but like I definitely wanted many things, including attention. And mm. here we are. 
<laughs> Stand up comedian trying to make absolute strangers laugh every single night of the week. Uh, on tour at the moment, chigster.com <laughs> yeah. forward slash dates. But the final question is how might life have been different if you'd been the oldest, youngest, middle, or had siblings? Oh. This is a big old question that, like, if you're struggling to chat to your kid, it's a great question because it's a alternative universe question. Yeah, like it is. It is really hard to know, isn't it? Like, you'd just be a different person, completely different person. Oh yeah, yeah. So O'Malley, again, the woman who wrote that brilliant book that I mentioned earlier, hmm. says that you have to be ready here that your kid is going to have a good old bitch. Yes, <laughs> for the first bit of this. So don't get put off by that. Uh, they just have to be able to let that out how it would have been easier, how it would have been better. This will get any kid talking, she says. This question will always work. And remember, you're not looking to get anything out of the conversation or any of these conversations. What it's about is encouraging self-reflection. There shouldn't be a goal per se. Yeah, and I think that's super important. I think we've been focusing on that a bit more ourselves in terms of just getting them to reflect yeah and just not all chats having and that's why you need to work harder at school yeah but you know what she said there about allowing them to have the little bitch that's what i'm always talking about in the family meetings Mm. only have one if you're ready to have your Mm. children say things you don't agree with and not react to them because sometimes they just need to let it out yeah so the book that i've been recommending everyone with a a tween or a preteen or a teen (laughs) is how to listen so that your kids will talk and how to talk so that your kids will listen yeah are you nearly finished that yeah and honestly what you've just said is at the center of it that we tend to come in with words, this thing of allow the silence to be there, to come in with words, to fill the space. Uh, I've been using the sounds method mm-hmm. so much with our little lad, uh, 13 years old. And just going, mm, mm, is incredibly powerful. Yeah, I've really noticed a change. Mm. You're such a dickhead. You're <laughs> such it, a dickhead. Uh, let's get to our final question. Okay. It isn't super fun, but it is one that we've had on the show before and kind of needs to be revisited, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. It's around grief. Charlotte and Tina, I'm a long time listener, first time emailer. My mother-in-law has suddenly passed away this week. On Sunday, she went for a nap and just didn't get up and we're all devastated but my eight-year-old is especially sad her nanny minded her every single day after school before i can even remember she has stopped talking completely Mm -hmm. she hasn't uttered a word since this happened and i do not know what to do any advice would be amazing anonymous oh well that's really sad first of all we're so sorry for your loss that is really sad i'm sorry i'm totally crying after that but um completely normal the reaction this eight-year-old's having first of all she's in shock Hmm. um she she's not prepared for this at all and we completely take for granted that you know your kids might not be aware that people die and they die suddenly and that they're gone and there's a lot for her to process here. 
an awful lot. And she isn't talking because she doesn't know how to talk about it. Or what to say. Or what to say. So as hard as that is to understand, I would encourage you to go on walks, bring her on journeys in the car, give her opportunities where there is a space to talk. But um, also respect the fact that she might just need some quiet for a little while while Mm. she understands. But it's important that you explain things to her. You're going to need to explain, you know, dying. Otherwise, the the fear is that she will become afraid that other people are going to die suddenly too. Is this email from Ireland, you know? I have no idea. Because obviously other countries, the process through which they, um, you know, go through the grieving and the, um, I guess the... um, processes of burying somebody yeah are much slower abroad i do think yes you know what and there's pros and cons to that there sometimes is. in ireland it's too fast too quick the person's gone too fast we were having dinner last sunday now it's the following sunday we're having dinner again and they've been buried. Manny's not here yeah and, and they've already the been ground. buried yeah uh, sometimes it's just too fast i did used to find it like in england sometimes it's too long too long Sometimes you're thinking, oh, my God, that person is still in the morgue. Yeah. And but then there's the family are actually able to process things at the funeral. And but you know what? I do believe that in Ireland and in families who follow this tradition around the world, there is something amazing about the way children are involved in the waking and the funeral and people who are keeping that tradition up. It's actually a really healthy process for your child. And if this person is able, maybe that person's already gone now and I'm probably a bit late with this advice. But if something like this happens in your family, it is important to be as open and honest with your kids about what is happening as you possibly can. Explain everything. Answer any questions that you're comfortable answering. Let them be there for the wake. Let them sit in the room with the their nanny or the person that's in that coffin. Let them talk about the memories. Show them that, that this is now a celebration of their life. Now we get to remember them and how important it is to remember them. And your memories count and your feelings count. And uh, it's a really, really hard thing for a child to process. So don't leave them out of it. Yeah, because the when you, tendency to just sideline. Oh my God, when you leave those kids at home or you put them to their friend's house while you go to the funeral, that is too much because now they they have no idea what happens. Yeah, next. and they think that that's what happens now when yeah. somebody dies, that I get sent somewhere else while they get taken away. Also, it's quite scary because their feelings are sidelined. They're not. You're not part of it. You can't come. And whatever you're feeling... That's they will interpret that as my feelings don't count on this because I didn't even go to the funeral. I didn't get to say goodbye. I mean, obviously, everyone is so individual. But I do think that if you don't process grief properly, it rears its head later in life where there's this confusion or anxiety around things like this. And I do think it's just Is there any book that you'd recommend. There's so many books, but I'm not sure for this age. Eight eight years old. Yeah, like I know a lot of books for younger, younger kids. Like The Invisible String is amazing. Debbie Glory, No Matter Mm. What. But for an eight-year-old, they might still be just what she needs. You know, a hug with mommy and to read one of these cute stories. Mm. But I'm not sure. I Like, 
there's a, I should have looked at that because maybe somebody who's listening to the podcast might be able to get in touch with books for that age group because I'm not sure. And there must be books out there to help, you know, as children understand. Such a busy time. This is the difficulty of this because your advice is dead on. And I think that this person will take a lot from this. But when it's happening as fast as it is and there's so many things that need to get done. Mm. The kids can be told there's a new game for the switch. Yeah. And that's yeah. another that's basically the same as going go and stay over there. Yeah. Um uh, like I would literally be trying to avoid as much distraction as possible even though you're going to need them out kicking the ball around for a bit too. Yeah. But taking the time to go for that walk each day. Yeah. would be my advice. And also people forget children bring a magic oh yeah at times like this yeah they help everyone get up and yeah. keep going they are your lifeline during these things and allow them to be strength for you and tell them say you're helping me through this you know getting you know you're being a little companion mm. that i need right now and thank you and give them hugs and let them know that your heart is breaking too and you're feeling sad and this is shocking mm. for you and you're not quite sure how to understand any of it either and then they won't think anything they're thinking or feeling is wrong well, you know that's unbelievable well, but advice. i'm so sad for this I'm person really it's just sorry so for your shocking loss. when and it's such a shock like that a like, loss yourself mm. um please do get in touch i mean uh and we send you your thoughts and prayers as well. And as Tina said, we'll try and list a couple of books that might be suitable for the yeah, smaller kids if, yeah. during this. But I definitely think opening up the conversation around death in your house isn't a bad idea either. Like get there before something terrible happens. Yeah, like we all so walk we past graveyards all the time. Yeah. Like bring it up. I mean, I my lost my nanny Molly when I was eight. And I remember sitting by, like, I really remember sitting by her coffin and wanting to touch her and being so afraid. Mm. And then I remember touching her and how soft she felt and putting my face against her face and thinking, oh, it's still my nanny. Mm. Still the same feeling, you know. Sorry. Very tough. Very, very tough. And but it, you know, you don't, it doesn't get better. This is the other thing I say to a kid. Mm. It doesn't get better. No. It just... You get better at dealing with it. But it is important to explain to a child that when some people dying suddenly isn't isn't common Hmm. and that she's not to be worrying about everyone. Well, there's an amazing podcast that I recommend people listen to on this. If we're looking for a podcast recommendation Hmm. around grief, it's called Griefcast. You probably already know a multi award winning podcast where people talk about different grief scenarios and how they work through it, including ones involving kids. And uh, that might be the thing this week that helps you uh, because god knows this is more common on than you we realize that people yeah. do get taken away that is the fragility I, know, I don't think it's okay to tell a kid that though no. i think you have to try and sure 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 um that's it for our free episode if you want to come over to patreon.com forward slash irishman abroad there's a full extra chunk over there tina what are we talking about over in the extra chunk today 
oh, this is about my marathon training ruining your life. Yes. Is your partner doing something that's actually making raising your kids difficult? Your memory is you amazing because them? when you said that to me just now, I was like, I don't remember. <laughs> but you remember everything. It's unbelievable. Guys, come on over. You really will enjoy it over there on Patreon. It is how we support and build this show. It can't be done for free as much as we'd like to give it to you for free. Uh, it's only five or a month and in return, you'll get hours and hours and hours of listening. And as well as that, coaching from the greatest Irish athlete of all time. Sonia Sullivan is putting up the training plans. If you'd like to learn to run 10 miles, they're all there. We'll be heading down to Cove for the first weekend of April. I have two shows in Cork at the Everyman Theatre on the 4th and the 5th. And then on the 7th, I'll be running around the hills that built Sonia Sullivan. Head over to Patreon.com. so soon now. I don't need to hear that. Okay, sorry. 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 Uh, Just hit me that that's so soon. I'm terrified. (laughs) Talk to you guys soon. Uh, See you over there on Patreon. Tina, thanks so much. Thanks, Jerry. Love you.